The Getting Worked Podcast. Mike's getting tipsy. He drink a lot of beer and he drink a lot of whiskey. When he's not doing that, probably watching wrestling. Talking about the beers and it's so interesting. Mike's online, you can give him a follow. End of the day, he be cleaning out the tacos. No better podcast if you ask me. Getting Worked. You can leave off the last G. Driving in your car, getting worked. Slacking at your job, getting worked. At the DMV, getting worked. In the VIP, getting worked. Out, getting worked. Getting worked. Get, getting worked. 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 Yeah! People of the internet, getting worked with Mike is back. I'm Mike. This is getting worked. Hello! So, this week, I'm excited to bring you part one of a two-part special. A long time ago, on a podcast far, far away, myself and my good friend Brendan did another show. Uh, The show was called Highly Opinionated. I'm gonna let you guys figure out what that name means. So, we were lucky enough to get a very special interview. I got my balls up one day and hit up a wrestling legend. I reached out to the one and only Louisville slugger himself, Jim Cornette. Now, Jim Cornette's been the subject of controversy. He's said shit. Shit's been said to him. Countless rivalries. Kenny Omega, Colt Cabana, Joey Ryan, all these people he's had beef with. But also at the end of the day, he's one of the most legendary wrestling minds in history. So I bring you a very special interview. This interview involves not only Jim Cornette, but this also involves his lifelong friend, Kenny Starmaker Bolin. Those of you not familiar with Starmaker Boland, he was uh, in OVW. He worked with John Cena. He worked with Randy Orton. He is one of the biggest fucking characters I've ever met in my life. So, ladies and gentlemen, people of the internet, this week on Getting Worked, I bring you Kenny Starmaker Boland and Jim Cornette. What does the I don't even yet still know what that song sounds well, like and you, you have been you talking do, about that it's song. It's a great song. It's a great song. It's a great song. It's a cake by the ocean. You've never heard I'm sure you can pull it up. Stoners are not yeah. big fans of cake by the ocean. That I do. <laughs> cake, yes. Cake by the ocean. I'm, 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 I'm in favor of cake, but I don't know if he keeps it up by the ocean. No, by DNC. D nice. Oh wait, D N C E. Never mind. I thought I said like D nice. They were going to call me Dan, but when they texted it, God damn it, put an A in it, and they liked the way it looked. We're a minute in. Well, that is the most ridiculous fucking thing that I've ever heard in my life. What kind of slapdash, half-assed fucking organization? Oh, I know this song. Oh, I've heard this song. Really? Why are they talking about cake? Let me get. Isn't cake ass? Yeah, here's your voice. I'm pretty sure cake is like metaphor for ass. 
Waste time on the masterpiece. Waste time on the masterpiece. I see it. You should be rolling me. You should be rolling me. Ah. Fantasy. You real life fantasy. Kenny Rollins singing right now. Don't have to leave. Just stop talking dangerously. Don't do me, baby. I'm safe. I'm safe. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who sings that song? Be nice. Let's do the part where nice. <laughs> Jesus. Right, that was nice. I don't know why I want anyone to show before. That is, that is, that's the show. Mic drop. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> that was highly opinionated. Thank Let's you guys. Can we eat now? Let's eat All right. now. Where the damn nachos at? <laughs> Shit. That is the worst, not only is that the worst rendition of a goddamn popular tune by any single human being in history, well, it sounded like an alley cat having a, a fucking coat hanger abortion. <laughs> but besides that, that's the worst song I've ever heard anyway. I'm half the one that has to hold them down. There wasn't one entrance theme you can think of that was worse than that? Oh, an, entrance, <laughs> an entrance theme. Okay well, okay, well, maybe not a song that way, I guess. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, that hurt my feelings. That hurt my feelings. Great song. Are we on the... We're on the show. 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 We're show. I got nothing now. I can't top that. Nah. Once again, I am Mike. I'm Brendan. This is Highly Opinionated. Thank you guys very much. Well, here's the other thing. You guys have got a, an exclusive today. Jim and I have probably done at least 100 podcasts together over the years. I, I, it seems maybe, like, maybe seems like thousands. Maybe seems thousands. Like this is the first world. time we've ever done one face-to-face. Really? Live in the same room. We've never done one together. Before. Well, because normally neither one of us like to bathe before that we go on the air. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and also, normally we don't leave our homes uh, to do shows. No, not so, so generally, we're, we're 12 miles apart, but he at Bolden Manor and me at Castle Cornette. And we're speaking to each other via the technical miracle that is Skype. Yeah. We we don't even know how to interact this way. This is just no. This is, this As a matter of fact, he's pissing me off just looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you! So we, we need to do this. Put this in separate rooms. rooms. I'm about to say we need like a dividing wall. That wall, I'll face. This and normally, also feet. when I do my podcast, I have my beautiful little daughter Harley Quinn Cornette that I can pet at my feet, and she's so fluffy. She's <laughs> my little fluffle <laughs> it's, a, it's a gerbil. But unfortunately, uh, she couldn't come hour. because of health regulations today here at Against the Grain Brewery. True. So I brought I brought my lovely wife Stacy. Come, say hello, female, say. and you've never made a female come. That's why. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Oh, now you write your choke. Don't say a word. I don't think I have to say anything else, but. It's May. Ladies we are sitting here at Against the Grain Brewery. At Against the Grain Brewery with Kenny Starmaker Bowen. That'd be me. That would be this gentleman to my right and to my far right. The Louisville Slugger himself. Uh, one of the reasons I got into podcasting. Yeah. Everybody's just going to sing around me today. Sorry. That's cool. I, I, no, I'm going to have that song. It's totally wonderful. We uh, can have that song. Oh, wait a minute. Now you'll be able. To, now you'll be able to shut him up. We got food. We've got a guest. Another look guest. At those nachos. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, you're on the podcast now too. So. We got another guest. Oh, good lord! Nachos and wings. Oh, look at that. Yes, the, the gentleman's surprised. Very excited that the wings and nachos have arrived. Is the Jim Cornette. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Oh, my God. This is fucking insane. Thank you very little. You're welcome even less. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, he's chewing into the microphone now. (laughs) Would you for heaven's sake... I critiqued him for that on our last episode where we enjoyed tacos for the first three minutes of it. We had we had the munchies real bad and ran to a local 
place to get some street tacos. Uh, the bodega I was speaking of before that had the mm. bizarre cookies that I'm still that wondering. have a little bite to them. Which ones? Those? The, the nachos. I got, I get got some more of those. I can certainly recommend the wings. Yeah? Smoked wings. So, you know what this is like? This is like that... This is a that 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 political affairs telecast sketch in the middle of the groove tube where they start serving each other coffee and then it goes to Danish <laughs> and then finally the short order cook comes in and they're just noshing and chewing. Oh I mean, there's, there's no better title for this episode than Dinner with Cornet and Starbucker. Yeah, dinner with yeah. I mean, I don't think we can do any better than that. And that's probably the only time the groove tube will get plugged this week. Either. <laughs> Jim and I just did a DVD uh, what about a year ago? Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, called uh, my. Jim Cornette's My Buffet with Bowling. My Buffet, my buffet with Bowling? And we did that. Was uh, this in the same room? Or? Here was no, here, yeah, here no, was the goddamn was deal. That was a DVD show. Oh, okay, got This it. was some who shot John Bunch of bullshit that he came up with where he could make a, a couple of grand on Saturday morning without going far from the house. 2480 All right. <laughs> so I agreed that I would do it. Basically, he would have these people come down and shoot on video. Me and him doing what me and him do at, at the Golden Corral Buffet. Yeah. <laughs> and originally it was supposed to be dinner to begin with, but somehow it got it got, it got booked for 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. It got turned into breakfast with Bowen. But people came as far from as far <laughs> as Florida. I'm yeah. not shitting you. Drove up here. Alabama, Canada. 75, 74 people in the private room at the Golden Corral. To have breakfast and listen to him and me bullshit with each other. Good God. And at $35. At, at $35 a head. Number one, I've never been to this podcast. Realize the deal you're getting right now. Yeah. They got two free Realize the sale that we're bringing to you. They got two free meals, though. They got breakfast, and then we knew we was going to go over, so they also got lunch. And some, including Cornette, even got dinner. No, I got out as quick as I could because you were the reason we went over. Here's the deal: you love telling yeah. the bullshit story, and I was sick. I wasn't feeling exactly. Good. The, the day of the show finally comes after all this promotion and pre-planning, and he's always bragging. I never get never a cold. Sick. I'm never. never sick. I never get the flu. I'm never sick. He's deathly pale. He's shivering. He's sweating. <laughs> the only time he's ever gone into a Golden Corral in his life, and he didn't eat anything. I've he never was been barely able to sit upright, and I had to talk for what? three hours for all these people that drove from Florida to see <laughs> <laughs> And he sat there and went, just finish it. it. Just finish <laughs> it. So of course, Jimmy goes over. He goes long. Uh, well, I was uh, trying to make up for the haphazard performance on your part. <laughs> Did I mention the wings? I just the wings are great. So, I'm on a wing right now. There. So how long have you guys known each other? 40th anniversary. 40th anniversary. We were, we were so deeply in love. With stereo. For each other, we finish each other's stuff. stereo. Yeah. And sometimes we can start them. That's, that's timing only 40 years gives you right there. Matter of fact, he and I are going out there. Sam, what are you doing that day? Um, 40 years, 40 years ago, the, the first time, actually, we met each other at the Louisville Gardens. These are wonderful chips. They really are. In late 1976, mm-hmm. but the first time that he actually came over to my house to spend the evening. Later in 76, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, where we had our first match in my in my, in my room wow. on a mattress that we had put on the floor. <laughs> and I did the job there because to this day he has refused to ever put me over once. <laughs> 
And then I'd make another belt. And so then four year one sided rivalry. refused to lose. So to get the match well, in the I ring, I'd have that one too. He always made a belt, that even though my belt was supposed to be superior, he would make one that looked better than mine. <laughs> So I had his first, which I thought was a good-looking belt at the time. That was the KWA World Heavyweight title, uh, Kentuckiana Wrestling Alliance, I believe we were. Yes, nice. And uh, and it was, a, for its time, day and era, it was a good-looking belt. So I won that. I made it with aluminum foil, colored markers, chains. Chains, yes, chains, chains. And scotch tape, and, and, a, and an actual belt with a buckle on it from uh, Stein. But one photographed with it, and he was a professional photographer at that time, so that worked out well because I could beat him, take his belts, and then he would take, 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 take your photo for you. Take my promo pictures while I'm a junior in high school. So uh, I've been a sophomore. Yeah, I was a sophomore. Thank you. And uh, so I would take these promotional pictures of me winning this. Glorious title, which no one knew this goddamn thing was made out of cardboard and aluminum foil. Looked good on, on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think anybody looked at it knew exactly that's what it right, They didn't have the guts to say it to my face when well, they say that. The metal was a little wrinkled. A little wrinkled. Iron that metal out a little bit. The belt had been around since the 30s. <laughs> it was get wrinkled. Thank you. So I go back to his house for a return match. And he shows up with not the world title, but he's got, was it, do you recall the title? I, I think it was North American. North American. Yeah. But the belt looked nicer. That fucking thing was black and chic and so it didn't there spin. were no wrinkles, there were no chains, it was made to look like a real fucking belt, like, that looked better than what WWE has today. <laughs> so here I am. Well, that's not true shit. either. Which one? Here I am with this piece of shit looking fucking world title that fucking sucks now. Looked good a m- month ago. And there, plus, and there was also the problem that everybody in the wrestling organization now had a belt. Both of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, two guys, two champions. <laughs> yeah. So I said, well, motherfucker, you're losing that one tonight. Because we, we were shooting on each other. No, we weren't. I would tell you to lay down, and you did so. But I was about to say, the only shoot was... That you refuse to do a job ever for anybody. <laughs> they come back to haunt and it, it took all the fun out of it okay. if we didn't go ahead and just wrestle anyway and play long. <laughs> we. Yeah. So, well, your mother. Well, when we, when, when we expanded, and, we expanded and had had five whole wrestlers in the company at one point. Well, uh, it's a but, but then, division. But then the, the dry cleaners, the dry cleaners that did their business underneath oh, his mother's apartment got upset when they would come in on Monday morning and they would find the uh, the, the, the uh, plaster from the ceiling uh, in, in their, in yeah, their clothes they, they cleaned. Had, so they, had to, they, shut up, they basically shut the show down because we had to change buildings. <laughs> we had to relocate from his mother's living room to the Oldham County High School locker room where he mm-hmm. knew a kid that had a key. The masked the mass, well I was the masked mauler. I knew uh, Hatfield, Matt Hatfield, USA. Uh, when you thought I mangled his teeth up real bad when he yeah. ran into a forearm <laughs> and it knocked him out. He ran into the forearm, the I'm, forearm didn't run into him. And of course, it's, it's the wrestling <laughs> team's mats, right? So blue right. mats, and they got mats up on the wall about three feet. So those were convenient turnbuckles. So in, in relation to like a, wrestle, uh, a professional wrestling mat... Softer, or harder. Oh, no, no, Jesus. No, no. they're the school gym. Because it's just on concrete, right? It's just on solid concrete floor. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Well, we weren't taking suplexes anyway, for God's sake. Well, no. I was in marching band. All, all, the, all, the, <laughs> all these dumb nuts these days are diving off the roof and putting each other through flame and shit. We're hiding foreign objects and complaining to the referee about the hair pulling, right? Nobody's going to get hurt here except... And hitting my brother with a right guard can. Well, yeah. <laughs> but he turns around and comes with a forearm, and Matt Hadfield walked right into it, and bam, and it sounded like that. And down goes Matt. So and I look down there, and his his eyes are long back. Mouth his head, is bloody. His, his, yeah, his, his lip is bleeding. And I look at his we teeth. We had a crowd right? that night, roughly thirty yeah. people, friends. No, that was real rough. It was probably more like seven. Okay, um, I remember thirty. <laughs> well, that's I, got, I got paid on. 30. That's an alternative. Fight. I got paid. <laughs> anyway, I looked down, and I was like, "Oh, was fuck, seven. Kenny, you fucked him up. Look at his fucking teeth." <laughs> and his brother, and his brother looks in. down and says, "No, it's okay. They always look like that." <laughs> <laughs> so he just told him how fucked up his mouth is. He's laying there barely conscious now. Jimmy says, "Oh my god, you fucked his teeth yeah, all look at his up. Fucking teeth. God damn it! God damn it! Went, no, 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 be able to fix that shit. No, <laughs> there's not a team of dentists within 50 miles of this team. Get in the mad. dentist chair, and the dentist would say, "Great Caesar's ghost, mother of all creatures, big, big and small." <laughs> so, uh, so that was good old Matt Hatfield, USA. No, it was U.S. Army. U.S. Army. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. see, I bought I bought his cassette deck, <laughs> and it wasn't my fault. Damn a hall turntable. No, it was yeah, I'll turn table. But it I, wasn't my fault that, that he I bought from a man uh, at a Chevron. Matt Hatfield, <laughs> man at a Chevron. He's working at a Chevron station. Well, like, guy needed gas, so he gives Matt Hatfield a five hundred dollars Yamaha turntable for twenty five bucks worth of gas. Said he'd come back and get his turntable later. Well, he never did. So Matt Hatfield sold it to me, which I sold it to Jimmy, which I told Matt Hatfield, well, uh, who enlisted in the army, and he left before I could pay. him. So when he came back like a year so, later, and to see, money, did you follow the that army, line? Of the that army can of, fix those teeth though for him, right? Well, yeah, okay. we never. You followed that chain of fucking logic there, somewhere or another. I bought it on a deal that he set up. Yeah, but the, the, the guy that was supposed get, to get the money joined the army and left, and a year later he came back. And we accidentally came. run into him. And he wanted his money. And he wanted his money. And I said, Matt, I said, I mailed it to you. I, I wrote on the envelope, yeah, Matt Hadfield, U.S. Army. You, you didn't get it. You he didn't get it. No, I never did. I said, well, you make sure to check when you get back to the base. It'll probably be there waiting on you. Yeah, because I watched Jimmy fill it out. I know he sent it to us. Fuck, no, he didn't send him no goddamn money. Stupid fuck. That's what I did, because you had the money. I hope he ain't still alive. Matt, we hope you're not listening. <coughs> yeah, Matt. I wasn't going to pay him twice. But you, the money. you said we built the five rushers. That is not true. We had we had Billy Chenault, Brian Chenault, the infamous Chenault brothers, whose father was a preacher. Uh... That was only, but that was really only. Well, twice. he got he got caught raping the maid, and uh, oh, and then we had the he was a maid raper. Maid. <laughs> well, back then it was but a very specific, a very specific set. gimmick. Yeah, back then is it or is it not true that at one point the uh, the chief of the Lagrange Volunteer Fire Department, yes. Dino Hoffman, yes. Bino Hoffman not only was, believe you remember Bino I mean, not only was known for once uh, chopping down the house or the door front door with an axe of the wrong house. It was not the house that was on fire. He chopped these poor people's front door down. He did. But <laughs> there was the one house, the one with flames, and the one without. It was only smoky at the time. But tell it. tell him what happened today that the the volunteer fire department burned down. The uh, volunteer fire department, Lagrange, <laughs> Lagrange, Kentucky edition. My apartment was connected to that fire department. 
Jimmy and I used to go up on the roof to watch wrestling, and we used to use their big base. Now you meant to say, wait a minute, you went up on the roof to watch wrestling. Yeah, there was no cable then. He walked into a Western Auto show to return something for his uh, Western Auto shop, rather. Yeah, the old Western Auto. Yeah, the store. Yeah, yeah. the store. He walked in to return something for his mother and became the 100,000th customer or whatever, and they handed him a battery-operated portable TV. <laughs> Which is in the late 70s. Back then, it was about 139 bucks. But now you could watch TV anywhere. Yeah. This was yeah. an unheard of concept. Oh, my dad had a black and white portable TV. We were so excited to take with us when we were on camping trips when I was a kid. So oh, we yeah. could take it up on the roof, and that way we get a better picture on Channel 62 from Lexington. Big old rabbit ears. I see and Randy Savage. In right? my apartment on 117 West Main, I'm the only person in the history of LaGrange that lived at 117 West Main and also 117 East Main in the early 70s. Well, that's a I'm different story for another time. I just realized that I was the only guy ever to do that. <clears throat> so, we realized that if we didn't use that little dinky antenna that was on the television, that if we patched in to the big 90-foot <laughs> tall fire department tower base, that we could probably yank in some fucking serious television. So we ran a twin lead wire to that base, and we would use their antenna to get channels from Bowling Green, Cincinnati, Paducah. Oh, we were Nashville. watching the Sheiks wrestling from uh, Channel Five in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Everybody's sitting up on the and roof of the, the building. And from Channel Four in Me, him, and Adrian Reynolds, who was killed by the Louisville police later, but that's another. Story. That's another story. <laughs> another story. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, Bruce was killed in Indianapolis. The ICW show with the Papos from from Lexington. Wow. We were watching a ton of and then, actually the the cops one night there was a new cop. Because most people were used to us, right? Jeff, Jeff Money. But we were up there, and, and it was cold weather, so we were kind of bundled up in track suits and some shit. But we yeah. had to watch, you know, Randy Savage versus Lanny Popo was on that, that night's program. Couldn't watch that in Memphis. So the train is, is going by down the middle of Main Street. It's making a lot of noise. Door. The tracks uh, yeah. run down the middle of the street. Because the tracks run down the middle of Main Street. Yeah. So on the other side, here comes a cop with the lights. And stops. Train's going by. And he goes down that end, but he can't get by. The train's going by. And he comes back down this end, and he's on the bullhorn. And Kenny's like, it doesn't look like Jeff Money. I'll run down and see see who it is. There's a new guy. As he runs off, I'm like, well, now he's running, and there's the cops. So I'm gonna, so we he, we have to go through his kitchen window. And Jimmy's going to get on the by yeah. himself as I've gone down to greet the <laughs> Well, I left shortly door, afterwards. Which I didn't know at the time. Yeah. So by the time I get down there, the train is by, and we go over there, and, and the cop, because they called and said that, that people were trying to break in the... The uh, the apartment from the roof. Uh, we were accused cat burglars. We were accused cat burglars. But no, we we what? said no. We have a perfectly logical explanation. We're on the roof watching, watching wrestling. Of course. Yeah. Which what, what, what cops I was probably the that? only person in LaGrange who had a battery operated TV. So I still our, like our our story is not adding up to the to to the to the fuzz. But <laughs> say they probably didn't even understand what you had. They probably thought you were there making. Well, he didn't. I mean, Jeff Money would have understood. He knew. Jeff. Well, there you yeah, go, old buddy. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, How did you that, that very fire department, the volunteer oh, fire it department, down. Oh, yeah, it burned hot down. fire. The overhead door company was uh, installing new doors that day so, so the fire department could get in and out more quickly with these <laughs> remote doors where they wouldn't have to pull them up the chains and everything. Well, the torch apparently caught something on fire, which uh, caused a shitload of smoke and damage um, 
Well, before we get to that. Well, the, the horrible part was I realized that, that when, when they got jumped in the fire truck, when the alarm went off, and they pulled out and they took off down the street before they realized that their own place they yeah, just left their own was on place fire. that was on fire. <laughs> so that was the worst. I'm seeing the flames come up from my bedroom. They took window. off and okay. <laughs> so I'm seeing the flames just come up out of my bedroom window, and I'm going, "Holy fucking shit!" You know, because I thought our apartment was on fire, but it hadn't quite reached us yet. Yeah. It was the fire department that was on fire. Holy fuck. Jimmy, would you care to tell them what my quick thinking, what I did seconds after seeing that my apartment was about to burn to the ground? And I will. I'll do that just as soon as I put in an order for another set of the wings just exactly like they came the, the first time. <laughs> um, they're they're wonderful, folks. And All right. of you in the sound of my voice. The against the Grand Brewery Smokehouse. That's where we're at. So if you're close. His quick thinking. He jumped up. I know it's hard to believe now. Look at him. A, a, a pitiable wreck of a man now. An but <laughs> at one point, he was an athlete. He jumped up and he ran across the, the uh, basically Main the town street. square because the, the across the street from him was the, the courthouse. And they got the big courthouse lawn and everything. He goes directly across the town square to the insurance company and starts filling out an application for fire insurance. <laughs> My quote was about I need some quick fire insurance. And he got halfway through it before the guy that owned the insurance agency came back in from lunch and had seen what was going on outside on the other side of the square. Just run and say, I got a hot tip. <laughs> he walks in, sees the new guy who didn't really know who I was or where I lived. <laughs> and he says, McKinney, what are you doing over here? I said, oh, just getting me some quick fire insurance. <laughs> and the guy's continuing to write up the app. And that's a true story. And the guy, he looks at him, he says, you're not writing Kenny fire insurance, are you? Mm. I was like, oh, yeah. So Kenny says that he's got his life insurance and his uh, car insurance here, too. He now wants to get uh, renter's insurance for his apartment. Did you ask Kenny where his apartment is? <laughs> no, we haven't got there yet. <laughs> Kenny's apartment's on fucking fire. <laughs> he's what we consider here high risk. <laughs> This is probably the most high risk. You know, so most I did not get my insurance that day. Yeah. But fortunately, the fire department put out the fire of the fire department, and all we had was severe smoke damage. But I was an idiot. I didn't need insurance. The fucking fire department was going to have to pay for everything. I never paid 25 bucks for something I didn't even need. That's true. Right? That's a place. And what, what is this, by the way? Is that, is that the pork belly on a stick? It's like an animal graveyard. What's happening? No, you, you, have <laughs> you, you obviously can't see what's going on, but there's what, what looks like, like a plank of wood. It looks like a, it's a, it looks like a barrel stave. I am good on that for a moment. Yeah, no, go ahead. I already went through a plate of those nachos Please. by myself before you guys got belly on a stick. And here's another thing. Uh, they fixed it, and, and the apartment, by the way... Never looked better than when they fixed it up. They painted everything anyway. Yeah, the apartment needed work anyway. The apartment needed a lot of work. Was it all red? Did they use red paint? No, uh, they, no, they no. actually used peach. They repainted the place yeah. in peach. And he learned a lesson that to this day, he because he was living in an apartment about three or four years ago, when he woke up one afternoon amidst a turmoil, a cacophony from outside. And cacophony. There were, Cacophony, and there were fire trucks, and there were bystanders, and there were people pointing. The apartment building immediately adjacent to him next door was on fire. Mm -hmm. So what did he do? Once again, he snapped into action. He threw all of his windows open. He put two of the box fans in the windows 
to draw the smoke in to try to make an insurance claim. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, he was too late because they had put the fire out by that point. The fuckers were quick. They were quick, and it <laughs> wasn't and the wind was blowing the other fucking direction. <laughs> <laughs> <was> getting dick. <laughs> So it sounded like a great plan. That's a learning experience. Insurance Fraud 101 with Kenny Bowling. Well, the, the, uh, I, I am a, a professed uh, atheist, mm-hmm. but that day the gods were against me. <laughs> the wind was blowing the opposite way of where I fucking needed it to go. What about that pork belly? That ain't right? pork belly. I mean, is that like bacon? That's, uh, what, that's what Is that what they call their jerky? Or is it's like the filet mignon. The jerky is a whole different deal. It would be the filet mignon of bacon. The filet mignon of bacon? I mean, if I were to walk up and bite a cow's ass on a hot summer day, I would expect it to be similar to this. <laughs> that's not a cow, that's a pig. You're Probably a cannibal. Probably wouldn't taste a goddamn thing like this then, would it? No, it wouldn't mm-hmm. taste anything. I'd have to bite a pig in the ass. You'd have to bite a pig Well, what do you get when you cross a pig with a cornet? I don't know. There's some things even a pig <laughs> won't do. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I want to make sure we do for you here at Getting Work is make sure your balls ain't funky like a monkey. I don't want that. Dusty wouldn't want that. Make sure you guys go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code GETTING20 for 20% off and free shipping on all your Manscaped products for your family jewels. But that's not all. There's a new Manscaped product alert, ladies and gentlemen. Manscaped has just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look at the mirror. I guarantee you're going to see hairs sticking out of those holes in your nose, in your ears, everywhere. One of the things I'm always super conscious about, because not only do I do this podcast, but outside of this, I spend half of my day talking on video chats. I'm sure you guys do too. The last thing you want is all these hairs sticking out of your nose and your ears, getting looking all funky, baby. It's time to get trimming. Manscaped is helping you get trimming because Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which is going to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. I'll tell you what. The fact that the Manscaped trimmer is great on your balls and your dick and doesn't pull that hair is one thing. Nothing will make your eyes water more than having those fucking hairs pulled out of your nose too rough. That shit fucking sucks. Manscaped has got you covered though, because the premium Manscaped Weed Whacker has a 9,000 RPM motor and a 360 degree rotary dual blade system. So make sure you guys go out, get yourself a Weed Whacker, Get the hair out of those holes. Make yourself look like the American dream. Don't be funky like a monkey, baby. Go with Manscaped. Use my promo code, GETTING20, for 20% off and free shipping from Manscaped.com now.
so you can really tell how red Cena, it is. What was your fascination with Cena? I'm trying to figure that out. I want to understand, like, because you saw him, you saw him before anybody did. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little like background on your that whole because they were all in the class together. Him, mm-hmm. Orton, Benjamin, uh, Lesnar. Lesnar. Don't say the next name. You're gonna. I say. no. I don't know if I want to bring up the one guy. Yeah, don't bring up the other one. Oh, go ahead. Bring him up. Oh, Batista. <laughs> Yeah, my, my old buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, I, I like Batista better than I like Lesnar. Really? Oh, really? I think both of us like Batista better than we like Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, probably on the scale. Yeah, I don't think you like Lesnar quite as well either, did you? Oh, Bro- Brock had an excellent track record here. He managed to, to piss off everybody. almost everybody close to me, <laughs> from my best friend I'm, I'm, to my girlfriend yeah, to, to, to you our head referee. Didn't he make Chris K. cry one time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. Yep. You threatened to shoot him at one point, didn't you? No, I said I'd have to shoot him. You'd have to shoot him because a guy that size. If you come at me, well, I will shoot you in your fucking kneecaps, and we'll see how good you, you'll wrestle then or something. So no, 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 no. He was there. Jesus I was there. Fucking <laughs> one bitch. I was there. He was there in spirit. Blue-haired old hag. Don't you remind me of It it occurred the night. That he kept ribbing her that she had just had her pussy pierced and he was going to fucking squeeze. Yeah, and he gave her the pierced. So I was there. You were not there. I was there. Well, he says this. And she said, don't do it. And he says this. She says, don't do it. Well, goddamn, of course, when the time comes. And I even told him, I said, don't do it. When the time comes, he does it. And then afterwards, he claims he didn't mean to do it. But yeah, as you I can't, told the you dumb can't tease fuck, it and then say he didn't. Yeah, like, they, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. They come falling into the production office screaming, fuck you, fuck you at each other. And I'm like, hold on a second. And he and she said, he squeezed after he said he wouldn't. And then he said, fuck you. And I said, whoa, don't say you say fuck you to her in front of me or I'll have to fucking shoot you. <laughs> Now, because I'm not going to fight him, but I would have shot, and I would have shot him in the knees because I didn't want to kill him. <laughs> I did, but at the same time, he would have been ambulatory. I wouldn't even go But anyway, and then of course, and we settled everybody down, and then he needed to apologize, and which you accepted somewhat reluctantly. Seven years later, um, as, as as when I had to make him apologize to you for shoving you at what was it, St. Bart's? Um, now it was the Boys and Girls Club on Beach. The Boys Road. and Girls Club, yes. <laughs> and uh, because he he hugged Brock's Hollywood, Hollywood kissed because I was soaked in sweat. The Boys Club was over a hundred degrees that night. We had a big fan there, but he didn't pay to get in because it was a big circular fan. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I bought in. I bought in for a second. Nice job. Got me so much. And uh, I had on a silk point. shirt. That was just fucking so. Imagine a three hundred pound man because that's what I weighed down. So I can I can verify that. So <laughs> fucking sweat. So she wanted because she'd been over to the house many times. Her and Brock would come over for pay per views and shit like that. <clears throat> I used to make good money selling the, the boys pay per views and little dinner combos. And they'd come over and they'd pay a fee, and I'd feed them and we'd watch the pay per views. I was making more money off the pay per views than Jimmy and Danny were. Yeah. Remind me later on. I'll tell you about the time that he worked the front door of Chuck E. Cheese dressed in a mouse costume selling bootleg tokens. But nevertheless, oh, right, I'll write that down. Those right down to Chuck E. Right down to Chuck E. Cheese. Those they were, were real tokens, but you didn't come by them, honestly. Well, honestly, yeah. But anyway, so Brock comes out after the air kiss or whatever. The fuck. And Brock was not wearing a mouse suit that because day. Because Brock was in a pissy mood that day. I wonder why. So I was like, well, maybe because he's working at a boys club on a hundred and something fucking degree night. So I wouldn't touch her. I said, no, don't touch me. I'm soaked in sweat. And I went, mwah, mwah. 
Never touched her. I had kissed her goodbye a hundred fucking times at my own home. Brock used to go hunting on my brother Timmy John's farm to go uh, kill whatever. <laughs> he likes to kill shit. <clears throat> so it ain't like I had kissed a woman before, but this particular time I did not kiss her. Never touched her because I, I wouldn't do that to anybody. I didn't want to hug myself, more or less have someone else hug me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So as he walks in, he sees my arms around her and looking like I'm kissing her on the cheek. He says, Bowling, get your fucking hands off my girlfriend. So I think he's putting on a show for whatever stragglers might be hanging around outside because they're breaking down the ring, which they love to do. <clears throat> so I'm thinking he's putting on a show for somebody. I said, oh, no, no, I don't want to trouble you, Brock. No, don't worry about me. He says, Bowling, I ain't fucking with you. He says, don't you ever fucking touch my girlfriend again. I looked at him. I said, well, first of all, Brock, I said, I never touched her. And uh, he says, shut the fuck up. I said, I just saw you. So his girlfriend says... Rock, he never touched me. Shut up, bitch. Holy shit. So that was heading south real quick. But, but is, I think this is the one he threw over for Sable, I guess, anyway. It is. Uh, so my son is with me, uh, and he realizes purse. the shit's getting out of hand. So Brock gets up in my face, and I'm, I said, Brock, I said, I don't know what you're doing. I said, but I never fucking touched her. I said, what? I said are, you, are you fucking? No, I ain't fucking, and he pie-faces me. Well, I didn't fall down, so I think that pissed him off. <laughs> so I'm sitting there looking at him like, are you, you stupid motherfucker? Yeah. Chris has already gone down to the basement to get Sylvester Turkey, who at that time, I'm pretty sure, could whip Brock's ass. So he comes running up there, and he sees what's going on. That probably on. would have been more interesting than any of the matches Brock had for the first two years of his career. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when Sly Turkey gets up there, I've managed Sly. Brock was always on the other side. And... Um, so Sly gets up there, he says, hey, he says, what, what, what the hell's going on? What, what, what's up? He says, Brock, if you're wanting to fight somebody, I'm, I'm thinking I'm over your size. You want to fight me? And then Brock turned and walked out, and we never saw Brock again. Well, the word gets out of what happened. Well, we now. saw Brock again. What are you talking well, about? Well, we didn't see him at night. I've been seeing a whole lot of him lately. I noticed you off the I've seen him laying down on television a lot lately. So he calls me and says, Brock, I said, what's get out of the fuck? So I called Brock and made Brock. He saved the answer machine message for God. Viewers. I had it for you. What was it? Basically, I mean, he called and apologized. Jimmy made Brock call and apologize to me. So I get a call later, and I ain't going to answer the fucking call from Brock. I see it light up. I go, I ain't answering that. <laughs> so he's leaving his message, and I'll play it back, see what he said. Kenny, uh, this is Brock. Um, I just wanted to let you know that, that I was out of line with what I did tonight. Uh, Jimmy told me it's not cool to put their hands on anybody in the office because I was selling sponsorships and all that shit back then. And I actually got the show that he worked at that night. And uh, I don't think you should be told it's not cool to put your hands on something. <laughs> well, I, feel like, I feel like that should have been just understood coming into the fun. Some of these things rule. you have to spell out. Unspoken uh, rule. Orangutans don't understand everything. You've got to understand that. <laughs> only, what they're only what they're trained and taught. So he says, so he gets to that. Yeah, was, uh, so Kenny, I'm, I'm sorry, but please don't put your hands on my girlfriend again. So I called Jimmy. I told him he said the motherfucker had to get in the last little jab. Tell me you made him call back. That's like, that's like the end of the he, he Tell me you made him call back a second message. That's like the end of the bad news bears when they're just like, we still think you suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the big show, uh, Jimmy had had me book me and the big show. <laughs> 
at the Louisville Motor Speedway. And you wonder why the show don't talk to you. After, I know I was Mark Henry don't talk to you after. Yeah, Mark don't talk to me now because he read my book. Well, the thing is, he see he wrote a book that he didn't actually write, nor well. did he actually read. <laughs> and I the, guy that, the, guy that, the guy that wrote it for him based on the shit that he told him over fucking dinner. Which I assume what I said. I watched him write it down. I assume. Well, that's why he gave you the copy of your book for you to read it and make sure everything was okay. I told the story. I get heat by association from you two. All the time. Oh, I can imagine. However, Mark still is that just a general life statement or this particular story? I'm <laughs> 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 like, is that just the situation? Mark told yeah. me that he didn't like the book and not a word, Mark and it was true. Me? Well, you didn't write the book. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> but I told all the stories, so I saw no reason to proofread it. I told every one of the fucking stories. Well, me, Jimmy, and Chris. And that's why the Chuck E. Cheese story isn't in there. Yeah. Okay, can we hear the Chuck E. Cheese story? Okay. Well, let me finish the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. There's so, so many. So Jimmy tells me. It's going to be an eight-part Jimmy episode. says, we'll call Big Show and let him know that you two are doing the Louisville Motor Speedway. You're all going to promote his big match with Batista. And I want you two at that Louisville Motor Speedway. They're expecting several thousand people out there. Um, if you got any pictures, y'all can take out there, get some pictures of the Big Show, have them sign autographs. And uh, let's promote the shit out of this and let's get a house for the gardens. Big Show versus Batista. It's going to be huge. It did do it. The Night of the Demon. Night of the Demon. So I call Big Show and let him know what we got to do. Big Show says, well, what are we getting paid? I said, well, Big Show, I said, uh, it's a promotion. That's what he said. He said, Big Show? Big Show. Well, that's why I Hello, Big Show. Well, I didn't. I didn't Whatever, you know. what, what, once y'all got, what did you mess up all the napkins here? Look, you just folded well, up all, all the napkins. They're free. Goddamn. No. They're charging us for these napkins. They better not be. Look here, besides that. Uh, what well, was I about something saying, over the napkins oh, the big, let me tell the story. The goddamn Big Show. So the goddamn Big Show says, uh, well, he says, if we're not getting paid, I ain't doing it. And I said, well, I said, uh, Jimmy says that you and I have to do it, and it's part of what we do. For now, the b- now, bear in mind, the Big Show had been sent to OVW <clears throat> to, on, on a conditioning program after he had been injured and his weight had gotten... Uh, and he thought he was going to be here for a very short period of time. And so our job, our job was to give him the facilities and uh, to get himself back in shape. And uh, in return for that, he was assigned to do things yeah. for the good of OVW. So he says he just maybe didn't know that yet. He he did not know that yet. He says, Kenny, we'll tell you after you get there. He says, I get ten thousand dollars in appearance. I ain't doing this fucking show unless I get paid my ten grand. I said, Well, I said, down here at OVW show, we don't get ten thousand dollars in appearance. We go where we're told, and we have been told to be at the show. And I was told to call you and let you know that you're doing the show with me. I said, So are you telling me that you're not doing this show? He says, Bolin, I'm telling you to get fucked. I ain't doing the show. <laughs> I said, let me make sure I heard that correctly. Can you repeat that one more time? Bolin, you can get fucked. I ain't doing the show. I said, that's fantastic. I just wanted to make sure I heard it correctly. <laughs> so I hang up. I call Jimmy. I said, well, Jimmy, I just got told to get fucked. He ain't doing the show. <laughs> oh, really? So Jimmy then calls Jim Ross. Jim Ross then calls the big show. And guess what the big show ended up doing? The Motor Speedway? The motor and not only did he do the Louisville Motor Speedway, he went and bought a thousand of his own picture to take out there and sign them all for free. He had to go to Kinko's. <laughs> and on top of that, Jim Ross told Jimmy to tell me, book that motherfucker at every goddamn place you can book him. Book him at every goddamn gas station. <laughs> book him two hours apart and have the appearance for two hours. And every time he's late, I want him to find 250 bucks. 
So I put that motherfucker up and down Dixie Highway. I go, hey, how would you like to have the big show come out and sign autographs for it? Oh, my God, Kenny, we can never afford that. Oh, yeah, you can. He's coming for free. Let's make a fucking deal right now. He's coming for free. As a matter of fact, someone's got to learn a lesson. Let's make a deal. be your feet. But at least I didn't have you fire him. No, you didn't have me fire him. I had him. fire Mark Henry that was at, for Mark at the uh, uh, State Fair Board Convention yeah. one year. Well, Mark Henry also was not told he was going to be here for a short period of time, so I let Mark know that he and I were supposed to be at the State Board Convention. What was that, East and West Hotels across from the uh, The Executive Executive Inn. Yeah. Executive Inn West. The county fairs meet every year and determine their entertainment <coughs> and et cetera, et cetera. We'll okay. try to sell wrestling shows to all the county fairs in the state. So I tell Mark at OVW-TV that night, hey, we're due down at the fair boards uh, down there at the Executive West tomorrow. We're going to be promoting uh, OVW Wrestling. We're going to try and get booked in as many fairs as we can. Kenny, I don't know why you're booking me on all this shit. I ain't going to be here but a week or two. I said, who told you that? He said, well, the, the office, they told me I was going to be here for a week or two. I said, Mark, I said, I've told you you're going to be here for quite a while. Oh, fuck that. I ain't going to be here for no quite. No, you quit booking me on shit now, man. I ain't going to be here. I said, all right. So I went ahead and booked him on it anyway. Of course, he shows up. Uh, we had to be there at 9 in the morning, and we're supposed to be there till 9 that night. So you said, where we got to go, Kenny? Because I can only stay to 11. <laughs> I, said, I said, 11 tonight? He says, no. He said, I'm leaving in two hours. I said, no, Mark, we're booked here all day. I said, we're going to be here from 9 in the morning to 9 at night. You get an hour for the lunch, and when you come back, I get an hour, and we're here all day. I'll be goddamn. I ain't fucking going to be here. I said, are you telling me you're not going to? I said, I don't need you for two hours. I said, two hours is basically setup time. You're not going to be any good to me at all. I said, if you want to go home, fucking go home. Man. <laughs> you're not going to be any good to me. <laughs> I said, so if you're going to stay, stay. If you're not, fucking go home. No, I'll stay the two hours I said I was going to stay. But that's all I'm staying. I'm leaving. I said, all right. So I called Jimmy. I said, Jimmy, uh, Mark says he's only staying for two hours. Oh, really? Uh, put him on the phone. I said, well, I can't find him. He's off wandering about somewhere. I don't know where the fuck he's at. Well... He says, when you uh, find that motherfucker, have him call me. So um, I don't find him in time. He has found Mike Samples, the biggest enemy probably that OBW wrestling has ever had. And uh, what's he do? Mike says that he used to be at OVW and that he would love to talk to Jimmy Cornett. So Mark Henry says, well, I got Jimmy's number right here, man. I called Jimmy for you. Oh, God. So before I can find Mark, he calls Jimmy. Who despises Mike Samples about his... He's on a top five list, I would think. At the and time, and he says, Hold on, somebody wants to talk to you. Oh, just somebody? <laughs> that was and there's somebody. Mike Samples on the phone with Jimmy, which would be like you calling up Russo and putting him on the phone with Jimmy now and not telling him who's on the other <laughs> How long did that conversation last? It didn't Real long. quick. <laughs> Mike Samples, give him the fucking phone back. <laughs> so Mark got the phone back, and then my phone rang. He says, Kenny, found Mark. Do me a favor. Let that motherfucker know that he's fired and that you're the one firing him. I said, you want me to tell that big motherfucker he's fired? I said, I'm not real comfortable with that, Jimmy. You tell that motherfucker he's fired to pack his shit and get out and don't ever fucking come back. He don't have to go home, but he can't stay here. <laughs> we work in the bar. The WWF has sent him to us. Well, he can't go back to them, but he can't stay here either. So he figures this out, he's not going to be happy. I'm convinced I'm a dead man. And uh, and not only that, we now have Mark Henry and Big Show scheduled in matches against each other in about every little high school town that you can name around Kentuckyana that are, are drawing 
from what eventually happened, anywhere from as little as 300 people to as many as seven or 800, which is not the typical OPW crowd at that time. No. So I'm thinking, God, this is going to cost us a fucking shitload because I get to sell gimmicks at these shows. And immediately thought, well, someone's got to think of me. But anyway. So I go to Mark and I said, Mark, I said, I don't know how to tell you this. I said, but I've been told to let you know that you're fired. You're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. I said, I don't know what happened, but uh, I guess between you not staying to two hours and you uh, not found out and you put Jimmy on the phone with Mike Samples, and I said, oh, God, no wonder you're fucking fired. And I said, no, I said, I've been told to pack your shit. (laughs) Really? I said, really? Well, I guess I just leave then. I said, well, yeah, (laughs) pretty much it. So he hangs his head and he gets his bags and out he goes. I called Jimmy later that night. I said, Jimmy, goddamn, man. I said, we got Henry and show booked at all these goddamn shows coming up. I said, they're going to be fucking pissed when there ain't this big WWE clash at the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah. You sure we can't fix this for three days? Jimmy's telling me, no, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> He's keep his fucking ass on. Finally, about day three, he finally cracks. He says, Kenny, here's the deal. He said, you call that motherfucker and you tell him that if he can come back here, and if he can work with a new fucking attitude and get on fucking board with the program, he can come back. And you tell him if he can't, he can keep his fucking ass in Sulisby, Texas, wherever the fuck he is. <laughs> Great. Or, and or my cell phone I, number. I, I, I said a lot of that, but I, I softened up a little bit earlier than three days. You didn't have to grow I think it, I think it was about three days. And also, I knew that poor Mark Mason, what's he going to do? The WWF sent him here. Well, if I fucking well, fired him, where he's going to be, he'll yeah. be a Tom Hanks living in the goddamn so world. Whether, 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 whether one day, two days, three days, or a week. So he came, and, and, and well, the result... So I called Mark, and I called Mark, and I said, well, Mark, I said, I've talked to Jimmy. You've got some big-ass shows coming up with a big show. Big-ass show. with Jimmy, and Jimmy's told me to give you a call and to let you know... There's actually a... <laughs> and to let you know that... <laughs> what um, is that from? He's, he's live now. Oh, you had him live. Why is this moment? John White pulls up a live I thought you called him up. I was like, oh, wait. I thought you were going to be there. Listen. But hey, you big motherfucker. Yeah. Well, at any rate. Because you can't see this. So all of a sudden, Jim's wife holds up an image of Mark Henry doing, I guess he's on Facebook Live. Yeah. And I immediately think we're hitting the wall. Like, oh, shit, he's going to chime in. I'm changing this story real quick. By the time that goddamn. Well, no. Cut me off. So, old friends, you quit showing me pictures of Henry. It scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> so, uh, I uh, tell him, you know, you've been given an option. As if you can come back, play ball, do things the right way. I said, I've gone to bat for you, put my neck out for you. Jimmy says, if you can come back and play ball, you're welcome back. We want you here for TV Wednesday. He says, if you can't come back and play ball, keep your fucking ass down in Texas. Okay, Kenny, I'll be there tomorrow. I said, well, no, you don't have to come back tomorrow. I said, you don't have to be back to Wednesday. No, Kenny, I fucked up. I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow. Thank you. Never was a nicer motherfucker. Well, and because here's the thing. And Mark ended up. He bought an air conditioner before we yep. moved to the new building. We were in an old building, Jeffersonville. No air mm-hmm. conditioner. And oh my god, it was brutal. He bought an air conditioner for the locker room because everybody. He was on a nice contract, Mark's making money. Sugar bed. Um, but it, it, the problem was he was he was signed out of the. Olympics. He yeah. didn't know anything about the protocol of how to conduct himself in the locker room and wrestling. And his first year and a half, 
he had two matches because he had a pay-per-view debut with Lawler and then he hurt himself in training and was out for quite a while. So it, it took a while when they really, when they sent him down here and he got a chance to work a territory and be part of a locker room that looked up to him because at the time he was pretty well, decent name compared to the rest of the guys at that level. But he, he, he turned out, he had a great attitude once that he adjusted to what his attitude should be and he figured it out. Because before they had just thrown him into it. So did he kind of get like, he got like the reverse? Pretty much, because he was like up there from yeah. WWE, and then comes yeah, out here. Yeah. So, and who took it? Did anybody take it well? Do you ever get the guy that just came down from WWE that they sent down and wasn't Bull a pain in your ass? Oh, well, Bull Buchanan yeah. was a great guy. Bull Buchanan. Bull Buchanan. Uh, well, no, but wait a minute. You cut him off, but he's, he's, he was phrasing something. I'm not sure the question I'm answering here. Well, I was just worried. I was, I was wanting to know, like, as you know, you have the guys like Mark Henry in the Big Show who were pains in your ass because they were used to that big head mentality. But you say there's people like oh, yeah. Buchanan. Well, well see, the guys that started in territory wrestling to begin with before they went to the WWF, right? WWE, they were they're fine. It's just some of those guys did, and Mark really didn't have that long to be a pain in the ass. He'd been a pain in the ass in their locker yeah, room more than he was in ours. Yeah, so that wasn't just a big change when he came to you guys. Um, no, that was just him. He he just he didn't he didn't get it at first because he didn't know, and he didn't. It, it's like Lex Luger used to get inadvertent heat with the guys because he didn't know that he was kind of being aloof or talking down his nose, kind of at people sometimes. Um, and show. I met show Larry Sharp from the Monster Factory, brought him to a, a show that I was at in New Jersey and said he's about to have his first match, right? And I'll I, I'll send a video. I said, yes. I said, as soon as you just get anything on video, I will hand it to Vince and he'll have a job. Yeah. Guaranteed, right? And Hogan heard about him before he had that match and they signed him out from under Larry Sharp and, and he never had the match. They took him to Atlanta and trained him down there in secret. And his first day, his debut was the main event against Hogan because he wanted yeah. to recreate the Andre thing. Main event on pay per view for WCW against Hulk Hogan was the guy's first match in front of people. So he had no experience whatsoever. And to come down and once again just to work a territory and see guys pitching in in the locker room, and this is how television works on a local level and etc. He got he had already been a main event pay per view talent, and before he ever actually learned what it was like to just work a territory. So do you do you buy or back that whole? Because there's a there's been a while for like well he hasn't been on TV for a minute where people are yelling at him to retire. Someone like the Big Show or Mark Henry, like I think it's become more of a fun thing for people now. It's almost it's it almost it's, it's, it seems like it's like yeah. I mean they, 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 they can be they can be part of the show without having to think up anything new and witty. Thank you. If they just thank God that. somebody else fucking said it. I oh, love man. wrestling. Again, chances. Please stop singing everybody's song. <laughs> Jesus, I can't. Well, except for I used Nakamura. That's all. That's cool. They can do that. They, but, they almost do it too much for me now. I love Nakamura, but it's just—it's almost favorite. too much. Like I want to hear—I want to hear a little more of the violin. Now I just hear people. I love, I love, the I, I love yeah. Nakamura. Nakamura. I love the violin. Made me actually like—I don't know if you want to call that wrestling or not, but what he does is uh, master psychology, the facial expressions, everything. It's so good. I love every fucking thing he does. I just rewatched the and Sami Zayn match with his those two. Oscar, give me a night of them. Whoever the fuck they're working. I'm done. That's all I need to see. I just watched the Sami Zayn and uh, Nakamura match again, and just at that's the very what you remind me of. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. I just said that Brendan looks like Sami Zayn. We were the greatest day of my life. As a matter of fact, I know a guy. I know a guy that has a hat just like that. He usually shits in it. 
No, I know a guy. Well, I'm wearing hats today. God. I know a guy that like I got a free bowl Hey guys, it's Mike, the host of Highly Opinionated, and I'm here to talk to you about one of my favorite things, comic books. Our sponsors, Head Shrinkers Press, is giving you three free comic books for free. When you go to headshrinkerspress.com now and enter our promo code HIGHLY, all in caps, you're going to get three free downloads. And make sure you check out our sponsors, Head Shrinkers Press, coming up March 25th through 26th at Columbus, Ohio at Space. Check them out in Traverse City, Michigan at C4, May 26th through 28th. And if you're in Huntington, West Virginia, get your ass down to Tricon and check them out on June 3rd. Headshrinkerspress.com. Go now, use the promo code HIGHLY, and get three free comic books. Do it, motherfucker! We went to a wrestling show and we're waiting for the line in Cincinnati for uh, SmackDown or was it Raw? I think it was a SmackDown. Oh yeah, okay, good point. Holy shit! (laughs) We went to a night of evening entertainment. (laughs) Um, We went to a show. We went to a WWE. This father and his children are walking by, and as the dad goes by, he goes, "Hey, kids, Sami Zayn." And I went, "You sons of yes." I got Kevin Owens one time, and I wanted to hang myself. Well, you you well, hadn't you hadn't been to the gym. Yet. Like, I'm not that fat. But see now, if you no, had Star Maker Bowling alongside of you, he would have had you guys set up with a gimmick table. <laughs> You'd had a table. The, but, we could have made merch. Like, oh, he, man, he did make, at one point. He did he did deal in quite a few uh, autographed WWE superstars pictures, mm-hmm. and all of them were guaranteed. They, they came guaranteed signed star. by an actual WWE star. Potentially not the star. Not the star whose name picture, it was. Uh, whose name it was, but it, they were signed by a WWE I star. Won't, I won't reveal his name. He's no longer with the WWE as of somewhat recently. Uh, now down in TNA. Doing hey, a what the? Oh, I know. Doing a little Rachi gimmick. I got, too much class, I got too much class to mention his name. He's Good a good friend of mine. Oh, but I can't uh, tell he, how meta that he had master signature skills. I mean, off the fucking charts. He once signed my name, and I was convinced I signed it. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture. I know, I know goddamn well I didn't sign this. And I'm looking at it like, goddamn. I said, can you do this with every signature? He said, yeah. He said, this is nothing for me. I can do that with any signature you want. I'm thinking, goddamn. And this is back in 2008, 2007 maybe. So I go on the internet and I start looking up all the WWE stars' <laughs> signatures. And I would print them out and I'd show them to him. I said, can you do that? And he said, yeah, I can do that. So I'd go down to Kinko's. I had a friend down there. He'd print me up 100 pictures of whatever star it was. And because um, Danny told me that I could sell pictures at the shows. He didn't say a poo. So <laughs> I, bring to, I bring them to Liberace. And Liberace says, and he could take two or three cracks at it on a practice sheet. And he could do it exactly the way it was on that thing. So I'd have him sign all hundred of those pictures of whatever star it was. So it built into a multi-thousand dollar empire. I'm showing up at the OVW shows. Those little fucks are trying to sell their shit. And I'm sitting over there and I got, uh, I got Stone Cold. Multi-thousand dollars. I got Kane. I got Kane. I got The Undertaker. I got the Undertaker on like five different pictures with five different signatures because the Undertaker never signed his name the same way every time. So I had him. I said, "Well, he was in a hurry." Yeah, I got him down. Hurry. Hurry. He was in a big hurry. The hearse was double parked. Oh, <laughs> hey, I, I go to get Taker's autograph one time on a picture. They said, "Hey, this." 
this sick, you know, kid in the hospital or whatever, terminal, the whole nine yards, we're getting a big package together. Well, Undertaker always signs rest in peace, Undertaker. So as soon as <laughs> right. as he starts signing, he starts in the R like, oh no, 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 rest in peace. <laughs> That's funny. Isn't he just going kind to of turn it into a U there? Oh, my God. Can you imagine the poor kid? Oh, oh, the Undertaker knows something I don't know. <laughs> we know his make-a-wish rate's probably real low because yeah. you don't want that guy walking through the fucking door. Yeah, like, he doesn't do Congratulations, here's, a, here's an Undertaker. Yeah. Oh, my God. So oh, what about that multi-thousand-dollar So stars are out there trying to sell there's shit. And here I am, and then we'd go to these small towns, and that's where I'd really make a fucking killing, because I knew Danny wasn't going to go to those shows. And I'm sitting here, I'm, I don't have one table, I got three. And I got fucking WWE stars lined up, up and all autographed, and uh, the guys are coming, I'm selling them for five bucks a piece. <laughs> the boys are over there, they ain't selling dick, because you can go down to my table, you can get Triple H, Undertaker, <laughs> Kane, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, fortunately, who do you want? We got him behind the curtain. He'll he'll get you an autograph right now. <laughs> but they don't come out from behind the curtain. Yeah, they never come out from behind the curtain. Yeah, just tell us who you want. We'll go get it. Now, a lot of people say I have no integrity and no class, and I proved I did. Because if you remember Chris Benoit and and uh, Guerrero, Eddie, Eddie, Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero had passed away, and a lot of people were expecting me to show up at the shows with their autograph pictures, which I did have some. Because they had legit signed them for me when they were in town doing six flag shows. So I had a good stash of them set aside. And I want you to know I waited one year before I mass produced those and sold them in all the towns all over the <laughs> WW territory. <laughs> <laughs> frame, signed, it, it, you needed a suitable period of time. Signed as an original for $75. And I waited one year to the anniversary date. You don't want to have that and too soon. Right. Guys, right. Now, some of these are copies and some are originals, so I can be truthful about <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Some of these are originals and some are copies, but they got mixed up. I don't know what you're which, but guys, they're in a frame. Your friends aren't going to know any difference. $75, you're probably going to get an original. And I want you to know I sold every fucking Every one fucking one. Yeah. London, Kentucky, I sold them. Oh, God, they was going left and right. <laughs> that, that, Jimmy and them don't know this to this day, but in London, Kentucky one night, I made $2,800. <laughs> The show couldn't have made eight hundred. Show seldom grossed it. No London at one point it was doing about eight hundred dollars. It was real good. It was doing real good. So yeah. I made, tw- I made uh, almost twenty eight hundred dollars, and then went to uh, Ruby Tuesdays that night. <laughs> traded a bunch of autographed pictures to them, and fed not only all my boys but the entire ring crew. As Briscoe showed up, he, ma- he made thirteen hundred dollars at the Golden Corral here on Taylorsville Road one night. Selling meats. <laughs> Selling meats? Beats. Beats by Beats. You don't know about his headphone empire? No. He has the the Beats by Bowling. I actually went like Dwight Schrute's office, like Beats, the like vegetable. No, okay. Oh, the vegetable. No, if you know the headphone Beats, like Beats by Dre. Oh, like the Beats by Dre, like Beats. Oh. Bring me up on Facebook. Bring me up on Facebook. Yeah, you'll see the Beats by Bowling empire. And these go into photographs. He actually, he was set up a golden crowd because he had some regular stuff. Oh, I just typed in Beats by Bowling and right to the Facebook. Some of them have Russian subtitles, but they're still in theater <laughs> movies. And he also sells the Beats by Bolden headphones. And what a sports team bus pulled up uh, from, from Indianapolis. From Nashville. 
from Nashville is what it was. Fans and for beach football. And we were just getting ready to leave. And I'd already made a few hundred dollars that night selling T-shirts and Beats by Bowling headphones. And I'd bring them in on a big Louisville Slugger, ironically, duffel bag. And it would be filled with like 50 or 60 sets of headphones. This bus pulls in. Well, the waiter comes in. King, you might not want to leave yet. There's a bus full of kids getting ready. the L on the side. There you go. Little Cardinals, yeah. That's them. But I now have the wire. Oh, Mike. Mike. Batman. Oh, that's Any Any logo you want is just a visit to the local print shop. I got huge Batman. I got four different Batman logo headphones I sell. You would like me to tell, tell them how how you uh, how much you pay for those wholesale, or are you? Oh no! Oh no! no, 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 no. We can't bust in. Can we reveal the secrets no. of the multi thousand dollar? Yeah. Yeah. There's multi thousands of dollars in play <laughs> here, Jim. We can't mess that up. Is the retail price for me? And but are those the cordless? Those do have those the wires? And you do have accessories. He can accessories. I've got the Beats pill. I sell the pill. As a matter of fact, I traded one last night to Qdoba. And they gave me 20, and I might have some on me. I'm gave, sure you did. They gave me 20 dinner cards. I'm going to Qdoba for dessert. No, you're not. <laughs> is, that a, is that a moth that just flew out of that? Four of them. And they gave me 20 of these. They're valued at about 10, 12 bucks a piece because you get your, your, your brisket or, your, or whatever it is you want and uh, your drink and, and, and your queso. So it's worth about 12, 13 bucks. And they gave me 20 of these. For my Beats pill that I sell for $69. I've learned more money-making tips from this guy than that best. Oh, no, 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 Chuck E. I'm going to go start a multi-thousand dollar. I'm going to let Jimmy Chuck E. Cheese in the mouse costume. Oh, yeah, the Chuck E. Cheese. Here we go. This was the late 80s. 1990. Okay, 1990. Yes, well, no, you didn't. It has got divorced because basically his wife at the time had absconded with his son. And 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 returned. She here. left me in the in the winter of '89. <laughs> it was a it was a terrible winter, <laughs> cold and lonely winter. But she absconded with his son, and following him back here to Louisville, Kentucky, he needed a job on uh, 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 very quickly. I did on the sperm of the moment, sperm as they the say. So he knew this guy. That fucking uh, uh, assistant manager. Assistant manager. I'll tell him his story. <laughs> okay. I'm fucking this dog. You just hold his head. I got the ears. <laughs> oh I got the ears. <laughs> All right. So anyway, what I'm trying to explain to you is he knows the assistant assistant general manager at Chuggy Cheese, and the assistant general manager at Chuggy Cheese slips him big, you know those big drink cups, right? Big drink cups. Oh, yeah. Huge drink cups full of those Chuggy Cheese tokens. That the parents are supposed to buy when they take the little tykes. Yeah. The little tykes and get their pudding. The magic coins that play the machine. I'm taking Chris every day, and every time I go in, they give me another cup full. Yeah. Well, this builds into a trunk full of those (laughs) fucking tokens. Go ahead. So he realizes there's a market here that needs to be tapped. So what he does, and he didn't, he wasn't as large then as he is now. He was about 270. He was a portly gentleman, but still he carried himself with somewhat of an air of dignity. 
So, so he went and got a costume. giant mouse costume. What were you saying about the Arab dude? Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he stood out in front of the Chuck E. Cheese in the parking lot, and he looked like he belonged. He's wearing a mouse costume, <laughs> holding a fucking birthday party. And he's offered as the people come in to give their tights a party. A discount. Where do you that discount? Cupid's part of our service. Here you go. Time out. If you don't mind. Oh, I'm sorry. Where did you find a Chuck E. Cheese costume? Or a mouse costume? mouse costume. You just found a mouse costume? He didn't go inside. Oh, no, okay. I didn't go inside. They would have known then because they're in the chimney. Yes. You, you didn't even match like the normal mouse. You no, he was just a giant fucking mouse. mouse. even close to that mouse. Well, their mouse isn't even the same anymore. But, but I got balloons, which made up the balloons. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shittiest mouse costume I've ever seen. Look at these balloons. I ain't you as long as you had balloons. And he, and he drove up in this, this windowless panel van of Ford Econoline. Oh, my God. Pennywise the mouse. Pennywise the rat. No, that was actually the Nissan truck that Timmy jotted along me because uh, Gabriella had my car repossessed when she ratted out where I was living. That's and right. They come and repossess my brand new 1990 Mitsubishi Priestess. me out. Because yeah, now, in all fairness, Brad you had a man in a mouse costume. You had not made a payment in three years. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but well, they couldn't find me. Well, but no, but he could. <laughs> you can't get your money. But he did. He tried to pay him. He tried to pay him. He tried to pay They did a paperwork mix-up. Three times I tried. No, you, I don't think you tried three times. Was there was a twice. paperwork mix-up on his payment coupon book back when they sent out such a thing, but you're not old enough to remember. Yeah, oh, I remember. You had a payment book, book. Okay, you had a payment book, and you had the coupons. You tore them out, and look, he's looking at me like I got turds hanging out of my mouth. He's never driven a car. <laughs> he doesn't drive anywhere. What the anywhere. fuck's the matter with this you? This is true. I, we, need to talk about, we need to talk about I, that. Wait, how old are you? 33. I was going to say 35, where, where are you all right? from originally? I, I'm Canadian. Oh, great! I want you to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Anyway, he's a Canadian. I don't even care anymore. Roddy Piper. I did his podcast right before he died, and, and his his co-host that day was some comedian that he had met named Earl. Right. Okay. I'm not going to try to mention his whole name. It's embarrassing, but. Earl, the comedian, was his co-host. But the comedian, me and Roddy, well, me and Roddy were making some jokes back and forth. That Earl would jump in, and his shit was falling flat. But the thing is, I didn't know he was a comedian. The way Roddy talked, I, I thought he said he was a Canadian. <laughs> So, <laughs> that explains I, dry humor. I, I said, well, you're just like all the rest of the Canadians. You don't have a good sense of humor. <laughs> Roddy, Roddy fucking died like a snot out his nose. He said, no, he's a comedian, not a Canadian. Oh. I said, oh, in that case, you're fucked. That, that explains how funny he is. So you're yeah. I have to enunciate better. Oh, man. So, so, uh, so Chuck uh, the parking with line. balloons. The mouse costume. Yeah. Yeah, mouse costume well, I was selling them without the mouse costume. And what was the cost of it? Wait, 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 hold on. You were selling balloons without the mouse costume. No, I was selling balloons. Or the tokens. Selling the tokens. Okay, I got a little balloon. Look here, it wasn't doing real well. Damn Canadians. What if you have your kids with you? What idiot would sell balloons? And you're going to Chuck E. Cheese for a party and some guy in street clothes walks up and tries to sell you tokens. I did that for a while. That's creepy. It's like it's a good guy outside a football game. It's like, I mean, a little bit too But if it's a mouse... It's easier to scalp tokens for Chuck E. Cheese as a mouse. Starting out in the street clothes with my cup and going, hey, the manager's a good friend of mine. Instead of you going in and paying for 25 tokens, why don't you pay me for 20 and you get five tokens free? 
So that was how I was doing it. And I was making about two, oh, there I was making about $100 a day. When I went to the mouse costume, I started making about 250 to $300 a day. Minus the cost of the mouse costume. Right. Well, right. I was <laughs> costumes, and the mouse costume was free as long as I returned it at the end of the night. Oh, well, this is like Memento with that board. There's all the lines. <laughs> all the lines. <laughs> so I to connect all these different you know, parts. Like, oh, I got the costume. If I wanted to work every day and back and forth between the two stores, I could make $2,100 a week selling turkey cheese tokens. We were until the wrong business. Manager got that was actually, you told me that besides insurance, um, Settlements adjustment say, well, adjustment. Yeah. adjustment. Besides the insurance game, um, you said that was you better. scared me out of that. Well, you said that was better than anything since the double your money back meat guarantee. Yeah, yeah. The tokens was good for a short period of time. Kroger W Money Back Meat deal lasted for almost five years. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Kroger W Money Back Meat deal. Wait a minute. You've never heard. You, you don't mean to tell me. Why are we even on this tell program? Tell the Canadian what that's about. A boot. A boot. What is a boot? Why are we even on this program if you know you that he exists on this planet? You know you that he know. was the originator, the inventor, the the Master popularizer, Master. and the end, the demise of the Kroger double your money back meat guarantee. He was selling awesome. regional of everybody looking uh, franchises on the double your money back meat scam to to people. And, and taking royalties on it. He was the Colonel Sanders of the Double Your Money Back Meat Scam for Kroger in the late 80s. It was actually misquoted because it wasn't double your money back. It was actually because the real money was in quadruple your money back. And here's how it worked. And this story's been told a thousand times, but apparently you haven't heard. So what I would do, I went to Kroger once, and we had bought... Um, about 10 pounds of ground beef. We was going to have right. a big hamburger cookout for us and the neighbors. And the goddamn ground beef just fucking sucked. It was, it was gristly. It just didn't taste right. As a gab, I said, we're taking this goddamn meat back to Kroger. I said, this shit, you know. And it was about, oh, I guess, $20 for 10 pounds of ground beef at this time. So she takes it back and she comes back. Now, remember, in Tennessee, sales tax was uh, eight and three quarter percent, correct? Yeah, because there was no state income tax. Yeah, so eight and three quarter percent sales tax on, on your groceries. So she comes back out after taking the meat in and she hands me like $44. I said, $44? I said, why the fuck? I said, Gab, yeah. I said, the meat was only like 20 bucks. I said, uh, they, they miscounted. She says, no. She said, if anytime you buy meat at Kroger, uh, you get double your money back if you're not satisfied. So we got, I'm going, holy shit, that's pretty good. So then we went and bought a bunch of steaks. And the steaks come to about 60 bucks. So we took them back, and I'll be goddamn with sales tax. We give back about one hundred and thirty dollars, and plus each steak. I said this can be this can get bigger. So <laughs> we saw potential. They had a big slab of meat, and you got to remember how many fucking Kroger's there is through Kentucky, Tennessee, and Georgia. Oh, absolutely. So they get this big slab. What did it was a pork loin? Like called a pork loin, and this big long tube of meat would run anywhere from ninety to one hundred and ten dollars. Motherfucker. Beef tenderloin. Beef tenderloin. Tender so, uh, so Gab's freaking because she thinks we're going to drop 110 bucks on some meat that we ain't going to get our money back on. I said, no. I said, it says that if you're not satisfied with the meat you get from Kroger, you get double money back. And I said, I don't like beef tenderloin. We're not going to be satisfied. But we'll buy it and feed it to the fucking neighbors. We'll look like big shots. And then we'll take it back. I said, but hear me out. We're going to take half this meat back to the Kroger that we bought it at with no receipt and just a sticker on it. And then we're going to get our money back there. And then we're going to take the receipt 
Yeah, and the other half, the other half of the deal. Shit, because we cut from the middle one and didn't take the two in. Where's the closest Kroger? And then, well, well it ain't, ain't going to do no good now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they've uh, named laws him. I have a feeling was in Cincinnati, by the way. You had yeah. a lot of rules made because of you. There's a lot of bullying yeah. yeah. ordinances oh, it, out it, there. It gets the better. It gets better. So I would buy. So the first time we did it, we buy the hundred and ten dollar slab of meat. We take half of it back to the Kroger that we bought it at with a sticker. Hey, we can't find a receipt. We cook this for the family and the neighbors. It fucking sucked. Here's the half we didn't eat. Oh, okay. So they go back and they count out like, God, 110, about 235 $240 by the time you factor in tax. Well, holy shit. And then we go to the other Kroger, and then we get another 235 $240. So now we've made $480 off our $110 investment. <laughs> Who's fucking giving returns like that? There ain't a bank in America that's going to get you anything like that. So then I said, yeah, we can do this every motherfucking day. <laughs> I said, there's Kroger's all over the goddamn place. There's five within ten minutes of us. We got we the gas money now. Right. We, we rotate. <laughs> you go into some stores, I go into the others, and by the time we get done working this whole fucking territory, we go back and we start all over again 90 days later. We bought more meat, now we're pissed again. <laughs> So, Nashville was big enough. So then we started doing Chattanooga. And then we started doing Knoxville. And of course we're doing Louisville because we came back home every few weeks anyway. So we burned through Louisville like you wouldn't believe. So then my, so then I started selling franchises to relatives. Well, you can work in Cincinnati, but don't you dare be caught doing this shit down in Louisville because yeah, I Yeah, they can't come any farther than Carrollton. Franchising. No, no, you can do anything in fucking Indiana you want. You can do anything in, in, in uh, Ohio you want, but I get 20% of what you make because I've shown you how to do this. This sounds like Sons of Anarchy, but with meat. I'm about to say yeah. <laughs> We get 20% of your income. Don't ever cross the line, though. If you yeah. come in this I, territory, I, I, I said, believe go me. I said, I will hear if you're here. I said, because if I go in and I can't do this, I'm going to know you fucking been in my town. So, you're not going <laughs> so they said I was running it the way Nick Goulas ran wrestling back in the day. But, of course, <laughs> what, leave it to one person in the family. Yeah. Ma Bowling. Ma Bowling. Spirited My up. mother. Uh oh. Comes in Gemma. 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 Right Gemma right there. Gemma oh, okay. She wants to go. He doesn't with. know Sons of Anarchy. Oh, she, they don't have a sled dog motorcycle yeah. club. Well, Ma Bowling. God go damn. They think, think of if noted character actor Slim Pickens was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> My brother is slim because his brother Jimmy John is slim. Oh, he is slim. riding a tenderloin. Out of Actually, plane. biscuits and gravy is, is what they call him. His brother. But anyway, so Ma I don't Bolin. speak to him anymore Jimma. because he's a Trump supporter. And uh, so Jimma comes down, and Jimma Bowen wants to go to uh, Florida, Tampa, to visit her ninety-year-old mother. And uh, she knows I've made a shitload of money off Kroger meat. And she wanted me to hand it to her. <laughs> I know you got that meat money. <laughs> meat money. Come on now. My meat money. You're making, that, you're making that big meat money now. <laughs> and I was actually selling Royal Prestige cookware on the Hashtag side. Hashtag meat money. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's good. Good. You, got, you got the meat and I got the pan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess what's, what's, up? what's up? The pan business kind of faded away after the meat business. <laughs> so mom comes down. This is about, uh, about 1995. She decides she wants to go to Florida. So, uh, with your meat money. We, I said, I ain't going to give you my meat money, but I'll show you how to do it. <laughs> so I take her to Kroger. Meat and I spot her. Is my new favorite. <laughs> I spot her. I spot her the $110. meat money. I spot her the $110 for the pork loins because she needs about 500 bucks for the trip. I said, well, this will get you about 480 That'll get you to Florida and back, right? Oh, yeah, that'll be plenty of money. There you go. So I'll give you $110. you are going to earn the rest. 
So we go in there in the Kroger, and we're cutting all the meat up in the car. We're just doing everything. We're going to melt it. So, it's like a funny voice. woman's out with a dash, and he's got a knife in the side console. Yeah, it wasn't easy. Yeah, it was in him. It's like Scarface with sausages. Just, just chop all these up. So, we, 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 we didn't have time to go back home. We had to go to the store. So, we cut the meat up, divide it into the two pieces, save some meat to take home, cook for dinner later. We go to the next Kroger because we can't obviously go right back in. Right. We can't do that. So we go to the Kroger up the road, and she goes in, d- does the return, about $235, $240, perfect. Comes back out, big smile on her face. Now she's got $235 of the money she fucking needs. Now let's do it one more time. you got 470 bucks. You can get a Greyhound for 69 bucks round trip to Florida and back back then. You're covered. you got plenty of spending money. We take her to the second Kroger's, and now it's been several hours. We acted like we went home, cooked the meat, the meat sucked, we're bringing it back, we want a refund right now. She goes in, and of all the fucking luck, the manager, the general manager, who was at the first store we went to, was doing a drop-off of some merchandise they needed at that, that store. Oh, <laughs> he recognizes her in line. She's up there. She's got their meat. She's getting her <laughs> She's got a giant I'm going to get a refund standing in line. He says, pardon me, ma'am. Didn't I just see you at my Kroger uh, just a little while? Uh, and she looks and she just starts crying. <laughs> she starts when, crying. When, it, when you speak to someone and the first thing they do is break out into tears, you know you got them. She yeah. starts crying and she lays the meat on the counter and she's, I'm just doing what my son told me. Shut you up. He's in the car. He says, ma'am, I'm going to order you out of my store and you're never to shop here again. So she comes out and I see her standing there bawling in the fucking Kroger parking lot there in Nashville. And uh, I, I think I'm White, Whiteberg Road or something like that. I can't remember where it was. But she's crying. And I'm going, what the hell? So I pull up and say, mom, kitty, kitty. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. What? So she gets in the car. She got my meat money. She's in. Come on. I said, what? What happened? Kitty, there was a manager in there recognized me and he told me he took the meat and he told me never to shop in here again. I said, go. I said, oh my God. I said, well, you still got the money from the first Kroger, right? He said, yeah, yeah, I've got Well, good. You got to go to go to Florida. So now it's dead. We can't do anything in Nashville anymore. And then gradually word spilled out about all the meat that had been returned at all the other Kroger's <laughs> and the Alex W. Moneyback meat guarantee went away. <laughs> and it was over all because of Jim Abolin. That was an ingenious plan, but still not as as effortless and on a global scale as the Paul E. Dangerously Paul Heyman Soloflex scam. Oh, what? Oh, I don't even know. This, I found out about this when I was running Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Oh, yeah. boy. I don't even know if I heard and that. And the Soloflex deal, I've told you this story. We have a syndicator, <laughs> Bill Barons in Atlanta, that syndicates our show to the America One Network and, and this, and blah, blah, blah. And basically, we're running the 1-800, they call them PI spots per inquiry. 1-800-BUY-THIS-SHIT. Record offer, local <laughs> fisherman, whatever. If they call the 800 number that's dedicated to the commercial you're playing in your program and they order that product, you get a payoff, $3.22 or whatever the fuck it is. Got right? it. They got to order it. But got they got to order it and they got to buy it and they got to pay for it. However, there's one item in the PI spot universe that is such a big ticket item. The Soloflex, the machine that you have in your house that works. And, it, yeah. and it's a big yeah. ticket item. So... 
If somebody just calls up and asks for the free video and booklet, that they always offer the program. free video. Yeah, they always want, they always want you to get that video. You get five dollars. If they call the 800 number, on the theory they're going to sell this multi-thousand multi dollar <laughs> empire piece of equipment. Yeah, five dollar payoff sounds like chicken feed to me, but go ahead. So anyway. It's not meat money, so but it's we something. Started, yeah. It's not meat yeah. money, but yeah. it's yeah. all right. <laughs> We're in the wrestling business. Yeah. We started in this spot along with our other spots. And my syndicator, Barrett, he calls me one day. He says, listen to this. He said, we got the check in for Soulflex. It was like, for the month. It was like $1,742, whatever <laughs> I said, well, at least it's something. He said, yeah, but listen to this. this they said, we, we thought you'd do as good as that other wrestling program that we're on. And he said, what other program is that? ECW Wrestling out of Philadelphia. We're on them, too. And we sent them a check for like seven, dollars $8,000 last year, last month. Jeez. Right Holy now. shit. But here's the thing. I know that at the time, Smoky Mountain Wrestling is on more Broadcast stations, and we're on. We're in front of more people, at least for equal eyeballs. Yeah. Over the course of the at the time, than ECW was. That was mostly on What's the, the HS. Then I realized. Wait a minute. I got a fucking Soloflex video, and I started asking people. Dennis Coraluzo, who Paul Heyman, hey, they were enemies, right? Yeah. He got one addressed to Dick Coraluzo. Everybody that we could find in our circle of wrestling friends was had gotten. Unsolicited, they didn't call for it. A Soloflex deal. Heyman was filling them Heyman out. Heyman had people getting in their fucking address book, right? <laughs> I said, all right. The team is in need. We got to have some fucking money coming in here. Hildebrand. Brian Hildebrand. Mark Curtis, right? That's what this fucking guy's done. Do the same thing. Get your address book out. You call everybody. Order the goddamn them deal. Free. Then we'll start on somebody else's book. Probably just this is the way to make money in the wrestling business, right? Yeah. <laughs> So Brian Hildebrand goes home and he gets he dials the number and he orders the first one as whoever his cousin, and he orders the second one, and he orders the they starts to order the third one and the woman said, "Didn't I just talk to you a minute oh. ago?" Ladies and gentlemen, another week of getting worked. Next week, we're going to finish up this two-part interview, the dinner with Cornette and Starmaker Bolin. This is actually one of the last interviews Cornette and Bolin did together. We're going to talk about that more next week. Make sure you guys tune in, like, subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcast. Leave a review because that helps, you know good to have reviews and the world know that you like me you really like me but i digress i'm mike this has been getting worked see you next week guys we got drunk we marked out we'll see you next week this is Platinum Max, signing off, getting worked, there's no G in yet.
Except for the first G, of course. Driving in your car, getting worked. Slacking at your job, getting worked. At the DMV, getting worked. In the VIP, getting worked. Out, getting worked. Getting worked. Get, getting worked. 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 